Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of your hosts. And this week we have the whole table here. We've got Alberto. How's it going? I'm doing great now. <laughs> You're doing great now. You're home from Houston. Okay. And we have Jim. How's it going, Jim? It is good, sir. Uh, glad to be back with you and Alberto uh, again for another week and another episode. So what's new, guys? Alberto wasn't with us last week, so I'm going to let him start. Yeah, last week was uh, yeah, it was an experience for sure. I, I had to, I was out of town again just for I w- it was originally just supposed to be one night uh, last Monday, and I actually had a really cool trip planned. I actually left Round Rock, left Round Rock, uh, drove to Dallas, actually went to Cody Myler's gym, uh, met him, hung out with him, you know, just uh, chatted about knocking all that stuff for a few minutes. Everything was good there. Then from there, I was driving to my destination, which was Wichita Falls, where I was going to have dinner with Tony and his wife. And his mom, who, by the way, is awesome. I got to meet his mom. Uh, Low Carb Wichita Falls, our, our previous guest, who his mom has dementia. Went to go have dinner with them. Then I was going to work two days. On the way back, I was going to stop, visit the technical kitchen folks, and then just come on home, which sounds like an amazing plan. I made it to Cody's gym. I made it about five minutes. No, no, I think back. I made it to, to Tony's house and attempted to have dinner. That did not go well because I was feeling off. Uh, made it five minutes from the hotel, and I realized that what was in my stomach was not going to be in my stomach for much longer. And I, I, I had a big old Bucky's cup next to me because I, I just filled it up with ice and I was chewing on the ice. I, I'm at a stop sign. I roll the window down, shuck with the liquid. It's all liquid at that point. Shuck it out the window and continue to vomit for the next five miles with one hand as I drive to the hotel and the other with the other hand. Then <laughs> I get to the hotel and it, I'm just sitting in the parking lot. And I'm like, I got to check in. You know, like I start going through the whole check in process and I'm feeling like death. So I finally like, well, you know, whatever, one way or another. Luckily, they recognized me. They had all my information. Had my my usual room on the first floor. Got into my room and like just drank a bunch of water. Think I'll be fine. Drinking water was a mistake. <laughs> so uh, what ended up happening? Real bad night. Woke up the next morning. I was definitely in no condition to leave that hotel room. So I, I just texted my customer that I went out there to see. Mind you, I'm five hours from home. And I'm like, dude, I caught it. my my daughter actually gave me a stomach bug. She had the same stomach bug on Sunday. And uh, I told him, like, I just ain't going to make it. So I, like, proceeded to just lay in bed and feel like I'm going to die <laughs> for about the next 24 hours. And I couldn't even drink water, so I was super dehydrated. So it got to the point where I couldn't even stretch my legs. My calves were cramping up so bad. <laughs> it, was, it was bad, man. It was bad. Oh, but uh, I mean, you know, I've never, I've said it before to you guys, like I have ulcerated colitis. So, you know, mind you, my six-year-old daughter is only six. So she's able to shrug it off in, you know, a day. And it literally put me down for the whole week. I tried going back to work on Wednesday. Nope. Going back to work on Thursday. Nope. Went to work on Friday for like an hour. And I was like, no, ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. But, uh, but the upside of that story is I did get to meet Tony's mom. She's just awesome. She's beaming personality, beaming with energy. And she, it was, it was overall a really cool experience. I, I owe him a chill session because, uh, kind of ruined that one. <laughs> but the upside is I was able to leave his house because that would have left a very different impression. Yes, yes, it would have. <laughs> so what's new with you guys? <laughs> well, 
Oh, what one of the new, new things is that Liquid came out today on their Instagram and said, "Hey, we have stock finally." And so I ordered some things off their website. You can go to Liquid Energy, or I think it's Liquid Energy with L I K U I D, um, and you can uh, order uh, through their website. They're not uh, back in stock on Amazon at this point, so that's new. It's definitely new. I had a uh, so I have a. Um... Let me stop and restart. I have a manager of a bank in my in my town, and I had a customer come in today, and I've known this lady for a while through my previous job, and we were talking, and uh, she was talking about allergies and different things, and all of a sudden, she says that she's following this new um, health plan. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? She said, my doctor told me about this keto diet. I'm like, oh, really? So I just played dumb and kind of stood there and let her talk for a few minutes. And um, she has dealt with a number of food allergies over the years and pancreatitis, gallbladder issues, a variety of things. And so she started doing keto uh, back early in the year, like January, February. Um, she's lost, uh, she said, around 50 pounds. She said she's kind of hit a stall over the last couple of weeks, but she's been traveling for work. And so that kind of thrown off her game just a little bit. But um, she was talking about how it's helped with uh, inflammation and all the things that we've talked about in this show and in the group and whatnot. And she said that she and her husband a couple of weeks back, they had a weekend free. And so they went to um, uh, went away for the weekend and she splurged a little bit. And the thing that she had been really avoiding was dairy. And she said that they went out and uh, they went found the shop that was one of these little ice cream places. And she said, I got a small scoop of vanilla. And she said, for the next three days, I hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And she got off the, she said, that was my one little treat kind of thing. And she said, you know, after a couple of days that it, it, I didn't have the inflammation anymore. So um, it's just a reminder that, you know, the, the keto idea is a big picture type thing. But as we found in our group and whatnot, people can dial in on different things that work better for them or don't work and whatnot. And uh, in her case, it was the get off the dairy kind of thing. So it was kind of interesting that it, uh, it came up completely randomly and a good, uh, a good conversation for sure. Awesome. Yeah, the keto diet is definitely taking on a life of its own. And we all know it as a way of life, not a diet. But there's so many people still think of it as a uh, as a diet, sadly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely doing some really uh, cool things for people. And, and we see that every day in our group. Uh, so uh, let's do our call outs and then we'll we'll do some some topics. Uh, Jim, who who do you have on deck? I am calling out somebody who I don't think we have called out before. Um, his name is Chris Duckett. And I am oh. calling out Chris because um, last night or the night before, um, he did an awesome live video on Facebook in the group and said, I'm going live if you want to chat and whatnot. And so our man, Chris, um, put this together real quick and everything. And it looked like it was a very nice turnout. I was doing some work um, at home, so I couldn't jump in on the whole thing and whatnot. But I'd pop in periodically and it looked like it was very well received and it wasn't the first one. So my shout out is to you, sir, for a very nice job of uh, continuing to keep people engaged and informed in the group. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Talked for a bit with Alberto, talked a little bit with Yogi, um, uh, Yogi Parker. He's uh, a really cool dude. And we talked with some uh, with Jared for a bit. And so, yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, I don't know how regularly we'll do that. It's kind of what how the schedule um, mm-hmm. how the schedule allows and whatnot, but, uh, and, and I don't have to be the one that does it all the time. We can, you know, kind of rotate and whatnot, but, uh, it was, it was cool. It was fun. So it, it should be it's something that we can continue to do. And it's a good, it's a good way for people to kind of 
actively ask questions. Again, like I said, during the live, we don't have all the answers, but I've edited enough podcasts and heard enough from all of the people who do have the answers that I either know the answer through osmosis on that. And I can say, well, this person said this, or I can say, Mm -hmm. uh, this is the person that you want to talk to about that because they would know. And so um, that that's, yeah, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I do not know all the everything but through editing hundreds, if not thousands of hours of podcasts at this point. Yeah, I'd say probably uh, more into thousands. <laughs> um, I, I I have a feeling that I, I have a good grasp on a lot of the basics. <laughs> a lot of the basics. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. Alberto, Absolutely. how about you? Uh, I want to go with uh, Marty Thomas. He uh, decided he was going to just, just let it all fly and free the nipple and then put a picture up there and said, I can't be the only one having all the fun. He's got a shaved head. He's got a goatee beard like I do. I thought it was cool. Someone actually commented and asked if we were related. And I'm like, nah, he's much better looking than I am. There's no way we're related. But uh, but yeah. And then the second call out would be the group as a whole because uh, you know, I was as active as I could possibly be when as I lay dying in a hotel room and uh, you know just putting the information out there and uh, I was expecting just to get roasted and I would have laughed along with you guys, but no, I like you guys legitimately cared. It was cool. It made me feel special and made me hurt mildly less. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> mildly less. Measure mildly less in my mind. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So I'm when sorry, I finally had like it. enough, enough energy to attempt to go to Walmart to literally buy like the smallest tub of, uh, guacamole i could find at pork rinds because like I, I didn't know you know I had, I had to try to eat something but like i was so dehydrated i made it to my truck i put my step up my, my foot up on the step and i stepped up and that action alone locked my calf up so tight that i was Ooh. stuck there for like two and a half minutes and then when i finally was able to sit down my calf was so tight i couldn't use it to push the gas pedal <laughs> oh my god and this whole time just laughing to myself and i'm like this is like the most ridiculous thing ever <laughs> That's crazy. That's it was crazy. bad. It was bad. <laughs> Maybe we just... need that as a Facebook Live video the next time. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to hold the camera, so it would have to be his his one of his daughters like following him or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing now? Oh, we're just gonna stand on my step of my truck and stare in the distance until you know these tears stop rolling down my face. <laughs> pain, so much pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh my goodness well i'm gonna call out tristan shane he uh posted a couple of days ago and he's a newer member in the in the group but he's di- uh, dove right on in and he shared a picture of kind of a comparison picture of uh what he was uh looking like from 2012 to 2014 um and he was as much as 580 pounds um and he is now at 400 pounds He's lost 180 pounds, and I don't know exactly how long of a period. Let me see if he says that in the comments. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not seeing it there, but it's just an amazing transformation. He wears where he's at very well, actually. Uh, that was one of the comments that we yeah. had when we were prepping is that he, he in his current picture, he, he looks pretty good in his new clothes that, that actually fit, you know, and all that stuff. But, uh, but he's if he's doing doing what he has been doing, he's going to continue to lean out and he's going to he's going to be a beast. I can tell. Um, so that's really cool. And another wonderful, um, experience that we're having from some of our members here in the group. 
So let's um, let's let's talk real quickly um, about a topic that was brought up today in the in the group because this is a, a really good question. Um, Sam brought up the idea that there are a few schools of thought in regards to caloric intake, um, and so he he was kind of like, uh, "There's the the school of thought of in order to lose weight, you have to be at a caloric deficit." That's that's like. School of thought number one. The second is as long as you eat keto and stay close to your TDEE or your uh, BMR. Uh, for those who don't know, the TDEE, I forget the acronym for it. BMR is the, uh, uh, oh my gosh, basal metabolic rate. Basal metabolic rate. Uh, yeah. Total daily energy expenditure. There we go. Thank you, Alberto. I should have I just asked. I, I, I knew you should have <laughs> known that. Um, but, you know, there, there's school of thought uh, that you have to eat less than that, sometimes significantly less than that, to be able to lose weight. Um, there's the school of thought that you need to eat close to your TDE, TDE or the BM, BMR. Uh, some people say, you know, will give the the logic that you don't want to go into starvation mode. You don't want to put your body into a state where it wants to hold on to everything. Um, the third, the third, which he didn't, that Sam didn't put too much weight into was eat as much as you want. Don't worry about caloric intake. You're still going to lose weight as long as you eat keto. And uh, then there's, there's other schools of thought out there as well. And he, he kind of talks a little bit about his personal, uh, personal views on this, what he's used and things like that. Um, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Jim, do you, do you have any insight on this and what you think, uh, is well, and, and, the, the the disclaimer that I'll add to this is I don't think that there's a wrong one there. I think each one of those has their merits and each school of thought has their effectiveness. But um, I don't think that they're for everybody. So that's my little disclaimer. But I do <laughs> think that they're all at least somewhat valid. What's your take on all that? Well, I think that if you look at, I mean, what I was talking about earlier, running into somebody who has been on keto and the, the dairy issue that she had and whatnot, it's going to be a little bit case by case, number one, I think. Number two is that you cannot go and work out hard as you can, burn 800,000 calories, whatever it is, in an hour, 90 minutes kind of thing, and walk out and go across the street to the fast food joint and get a double cheeseburger, large fry, and a large Coke and feel like you've, you've got a balance, so to speak. Because you're not, yeah, and I can, att I can attest to that personally. <laughs> you and me both, brother. You and me both. Um, you're not you're not fueling your body with what it needs. You are going with what tastes good and is what is triggering triggering your mind, but it is not what your body needs. So it it the calories count, but it is also what the calories are. I think that makes the bigger difference. And if you're eating the the right foods in this keto way of eating, um, I think you're going to find more success. Um, the one thing that I don't know would work as much, and maybe I misunderstood, is eating all you want as long as it's keto. Because if you're just gorging, you're not going to lose weight, I wouldn't think. But maybe I misunderstood the that no, that no, option. No, you understand. You, you yeah. understood it, it. That that is a, a legit way that some people preach it. Is that as long as you eat keto and keep your insulin low, you're going to lose weight. And um, to be honest, that's kind of how I started. Um, that I didn't worry at all about calories and everything. But I did get to a point of diminishing returns. I stopped losing weight at a certain point because yeah. I was just eating as much as I wanted. Uh, so that that I, I think at first. 
that might be okay. Um, in fact, that might be advice that I give someone who's just getting started with keto is just focus on eating keto food because you just need to know what, what keto food is. The rest right. Yeah, and there's a difference time. between eat as much as you want and eat as much as you can. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good point. Uh, so like, cause, cause that could be two, you know, very, very different amounts, just volume in general of food. And, and yeah, like I'll, I'll just try to keep it simple and short because, you know, we can go way down a rabbit hole on this. But like you guys stated, there's a lot of caveats. So let's say like you start keto today and, you know, within two weeks, you through these calculators and everything else, you figure out it takes X amount of calories. Let's just say 2000 calories and, and you'll be at perfect maintenance. Well, assuming you're, you know, you, you switch to keto and your metabolism is healing itself, therefore speeding up. Three, four weeks in, that exact same amount of calories is technically probably going to be a mild, if not moderate deficit. So you will be losing weight, even though your caloric intake hasn't changed one bit. Mm-hmm. So like, there, there's, this can go in many, many directions. But I mean, yeah. like, like, like you said, Chris, there's, there's, there, there's not a wrong answer. Yeah. And, and I think that, that it really is. It's, it's up to the person and up to what works for them. And I think that it even changes. Uh, I wouldn't say from day to day, but I would say that it, it changes from month to month for those people. So I, I, I really think that there's something to that some people need to practice a little bit more on the caloric restriction side uh, than those that do, that that don't. The thing that I would caution, and this is what I've heard preached, like I said, I don't I don't know much, but I know the experts that do know do know much. The the experts that I that I have learned to trust do not preach or uh, encourage deep caloric deficits unless you're in a in a specific cutting program. So unless you're you're preparing for a competition and aggressively trying to lose body fat or something like that, your goal is not you you shouldn't generally eat way, way under your uh, BMR or the TDEE because you don't want to, you really don't want to put your body into a state of shock where it it's like, okay, I've got to hold on to everything I have because I don't know when my next meal is going to be. I do believe there is a mode for that. Some people call it survival mode. I, I, I just, I, I, I've seen that too, too often. And, and usually th- that takes the form of the, the, the body just reacts to the decrease in nutrient rich food it will it will decrease slowly but surely in the metabolism and, and and shut systems down that's where you see people complaining of hair loss um and things like that you know as they're they're losing weight and that sometimes just happens normally whenever you're whenever you're switching from one diet to another but it especially happens if there's if you switch to a new diet and then you restrict your calories uh, heavily you will likely have systems shut down that are auxiliary so that your heart keeps beating and your brain keeps working and things like that, because that's where the energy is needed first. So I am not a fan of severe caloric deficits, but I understand that uh, they can be useful at times for specific goals. So I, I'm the, the place that I live in most of the time mindset wise is the second one, which is eat at or around your TDEE or BMR uh, so that you're not in a severe caloric deficit and then work out and things like that to increase your metabolic uh, metabolic usage so that you can live off of your body. The other half of that is 
that especially whenever you have a lot of fat stores and they're the easily accessed fat stores, um, and I always get it backwards: the white fat versus the gray, f- the, the 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 white versus the the brown fat. Um, one breaks down more easily than the other. And uh, when you're first losing a ton of weight, your body makes up for it. It it will it will use those body stores to make sure that you're getting quote enough calories in the day because it can feed off of itself. But you get to a point. I got to a point. Uh, whenever I was first uh, keto, I got to a point where I had burned off most of that easy to burn fat. And I just had that really stubborn stuff left, which I still do have, sadly. Um, but that I had to to work out. I had to watch my caloric intake a little bit and be a little bit more controlled because at that point, that's when I uh, that's whenever I saw things start to slow down and I felt more hungry. And that's, I think, the other side of this. And I think you guys would agree, too. If you're hungry, eat. That was another post that we saw earlier this week. There was somebody that says, does anybody else how do how does everybody else deal with the hangry? And we're like, why are you hangry? Eat. <laughs> and so I'm, I am totally an advocate for making sure that if you're actually hungry, if your body's telling you that you need to, that you need food, eat. Don't, don't, don't subject yourself to starvation just because you think that you have to to lose weight. I don't think that those two things are musically uh, tied to each other. I'm going to add Daddy, one quick thing about ahead. the calorie thing, uh, calorie discussion. Um, if you are not a person who's ever counted calories or measured food or anything like that, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be mindful of what you're putting on your plate, on your fork and in your mouth. If it, if you're taking a plateful of something, if, you know, cottage cheese or a salad or whatever the case may be, you need to know, is this a cup? Is this half a cup? Is what is this kind of thing? So as you're using whatever tracker it is for food, you're getting a good close approximation of what the calories are, what the macros are and things like that. Throwing together a bunch of stuff on the plate and like, oh, well, we'll just call this blah, blah, blah. Then you're kind of defeating the purpose already because you're not taking that extra step to measure out what you have. And consequently, you're defeating your future success. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Alberto, anything else to add? No, sir. I mean, we could go on this subject forever, but I think we're good. We all added a valuable commentary. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I hope that that helps somebody because that that's, it is an important topic and I'm glad that it came up in the group and there's a lot of good, healthy discussions surrounding it, but it's good to have it on the podcast as well, because maybe somebody will hear this that didn't get to be in on that conversation. Okay. So at this point, let's, uh, let's dive in. We do have a guest this week. I didn't mention that earlier. Um, He's been chilling. Yeah. He's been very patient uh, waiting with us. We have Bernie with us this week, and he is going to talk with us a little bit about his story and whatnot. Welcome, Bernie. Thank you. How are you? uh, How's all the brothers doing? Doing well. All good. All right. Okay. Well, let's, let's just dive right on in. Let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. Give us a, 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 a basic rundown of who you are, kind of where you came from and, uh, what your, your health journey has started out with. Okay. Um, I'm a bit different, I think, than, than most of the guests that you have in that, um, I lived most of my life as a skinny person. Um, uh, I'm going to say I'm 60 years old. I, I live in Los Angeles. I work 
in the entertainment industry. I worked on set for probably about 20 years. And for the last 10 years, I've been uh, more of a coordinator, more of a desk job, um, mixed in with some occasional bursts of, of physical activity. Um, but just to demonstrate you know, how skinny I was, when I graduated high school in the, the Paleolithic area, um, <laughs> I was 5'11 and change about, and I weighed 130 pounds. Ooh. So I was Ooh. thin. I would pass um, you a piece of pie at that at that size. <laughs> yeah. Well, oddly enough, also at that time, I was also like a full fledged drug addict. Ooh, uh, yeah. Mostly marijuana use, but I, I did a bunch of other stuff. And so, you know, people that that smoke marijuana, we we eat, we snack, uh, yeah. we get the munchies, and I ate, you know, junk food all the time. But it didn't really didn't really affect me much. Um, you know, a few years later when I discovered beer, I probably put on 15 pounds pretty, pretty rapidly. Um, uh, when I was about 20, um, my father was diagnosed with prostate cancer. It's a pretty established prostate mm -hmm. cancer. Um, and, uh, they gave him a prognosis of five years and that's exactly how long he lasted. Wow. Um, and it was uh, it was tough seeing him go through the treatments. You know, it was the dark ages, really, of of how they treated prostate cancer, and they treated his mostly with radiation, and they gave him far too much, and and it was it was not pretty. Um, also, his brother, my uncle, a little bit later, also developed prostate cancer. Um, he managed to live to a ripe old age, but. Now I realized, okay, this is there's something going on with the men in my family. Um, uh, I guess I could, I could jump uh, ahead um, to age forty. By age forty, I had you know gotten this career that I'm in. I had gotten married, had a kid, um, and had a divorce. Um, and um, at age forty, around my birthday, which is in February, I had my um, I hit rock bottom, which basically took the uh, form of crushing loneliness because my drug addiction, instead of having me out and, uh, you know, partying with all my buddies was basically just me at home on my couch, watching TV, doing drugs till I passed out. Um, so uh, around my birthday uh, in 1999, I went to my first 12-step uh, meeting which was Marijuana Anonymous, which not many people have heard of, but uh, these were my people. Um, <laughs> and um, then another common story about people that get sober is you tend to gain weight right away uh, because you start to use food to make up from for the good feelings you were getting from alcohol or drugs or whatever. Uh, we call it the sobriety belt. And I probably gained another 15 pounds pretty quick. Um, one, uh, fairly early on in my, uh, recovery about three months in, I would say, uh, I got, I became aware of a men's retreat that was going on. That wasn't just people in recovery, but it was mostly people in recovery. And, uh, so I went, I went to this retreat up in the mountains, um, and there's a long story about how, why I got there so late on this Friday night. But I remember I showed up 
to uh, a circle of about 65 men around the biggest uh, campfire I had ever seen, um, talking like men that I'd, I'd never heard men talk like this before. Um, and uh, I came to find out that this was put on by a group called uh, the Lone Wolf Pack. You notice you notice how that name is fairly similar to the Keto Men's Club or Man's Club. <laughs> you, know, you notice how it has kind of that dichotomy to it. Um, and so this was started sort of the beginning of my journey in men's work and brotherhood. Um, so I this retreat would go would be held every year, and after about three years, and also the a good portion of these people in this uh, lone wolf pack uh, were also in recovery. So I saw them all the time. We knew each other very well. And I was asked to become part of the lone wolf pack, uh, which at at that time was about eight men um, who would meet weekly um, and was all about uh, holding each other accountable for our recovery, for our um, integrity, uh, in our relationships, um, things like that. Uh, and we also did a lot of what I would call processes where every week someone would facilitate a meeting based on issues that men go through, uh, you know, whether it was father issues, mother issues, um, uh, how the legal system is, uh, in certain cases, uh, tilted towards the women, like, custody battles, things like that. Um, and uh, I was in that for, for quite a long time. Um, so jump ahead many years. Um, so, uh, oh, let's jump ahead just only three or four years into uh, recovery. So I'm around 44, 45. Um, I have a silent part of mm. um, I noticed it as when I would exert myself, um, I would get like a heartburn feeling that would last for about 15, 20 minutes and go away. Um, but I noticed it was happening every time. Every time I did any kind of lifting or anything, I would have this weird heartburn. Um, and I had a big uh, I had a vacation planned uh, where I knew I was going to do a lot of walking. And I became concerned. So I, I called my, my doctors and I got a referral to a cardiologist who, uh, you know, the, the nurse said, well, I can get you in in about two months. And I said, my chest hurts. And she said, come right now. So th- this is a message to all you men out there. If, uh, especially if when it has to do with the heart, if they're putting you off, tell them your chest hurts. They will take you serious and they'll let you come right in. So yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about that experience. Um, so, you know, I, I get there and they, they hook me up to the, the EKG machine and put me on a, on a treadmill and, uh, I start to walk. And within 10 seconds, I hear the doctor go, oh, that's, that's not a good not sign. Good. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> that doesn't look good. And he looks at me and he says, your chest doesn't hurt? And it's like, no. And he's like, really? And I keep going. And I go, I go another, you know, maybe 10, 10 or 15 seconds. And he's like going, hmm, ah, this is, your chest doesn't hurt? And it's like, no. And he stops me. And he sets me down. And I'm, you know out of breath and he disappears for a minute and he comes back and he goes, okay, I don't want you to freak out, but <laughs> that's not a good <laughs> way to start. Doc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to freak out, but if I didn't have to get on a plane in an hour to go do a lecture in Phoenix, 
we'd be going across the street to the hospital right now. So here's this here's this bottle of nitroglycerin pills. If you have any pain, I want you to to take one right away. Um, but otherwise, meet me at the hospital at six a.m. tomorrow morning. Um, which they did an angiogram, which turned into angioplasty. Um, I had a 90% blocked artery. I don't remember the name of the artery. It's the, the one on the backside of the heart. Um, and they put a stent in. My other two artery, main arteries were fine. Um, and so we started, you know, sort of the, the recovery from that uh, process. Um, uh, in dealing with my cardiologist, I told him the history in my family of prostate cancer. And he goes, you know what, let's, let's monitor that. Let's add a PSA test to the blood test that you're going to be doing for me every three to six months. Um, and uh, oddly enough, after a year, that stent that they put in had become clogged, 100% clogged. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't showing any heart uh, struggle. Um, and my doctor was doing all kinds of tests. You know, they do these, uh, radiological tests. I think it's called, uh, um, thallium, a thallium type thing where they, they, they inject some radiological stuff in your, it's not really a dye. It's more of, uh, isotopes that go into your blood. And then they first, they measure you with a kind of 3d x-ray machine to see where the, where the blood flow is going. They can track these these little bits of radioactivity. And then they have you run around their office for 10 minutes and then they do the test again. And he was saying, it looks like your blood's getting, your blood muscle, your heart muscles getting plenty of blood. Um, you either grew or activated blood vessels to that part of the heart. And I think you're fine, um, which was great. Um, so I can continue to see this doctor for quite a while. Um, and so uh, my the blood test that they were doing for the prostate, which is called the PSA test, which stands mm-hmm. for protein specific antigen, um, which was, had been around a three. Um, the number doesn't really count. Some men's normal PSA is 15. Um, what matters is if it changes. And uh, mine on one occasion went from a three to a 10. Um, which is considered, you know, a big jump. So mm-hmm. he, he said, you, you need to go get this check. So I went to see a urologist um, who explained to me that the PSA test is not really an indicator of cancer. It's just sort of a flag. And he said, there's really no way for us to tell if you have prostate cancer unless you do prostate biopsies. Um, let me tell you about the prostate biopsy process. It is not pleasant. Um, if you want me to describe it, I will. But uh, I'm just going to say that um, after I had my first test, I cried like a baby for 15 minutes right there in the office. I, I really sort of felt violated and it, 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 was, it, it wasn't very nice. So they, yeah. they, they, they send. So what they do, is it, it's 12 needle biopsies. Um, which are, they take a small little bite of the prostate flesh and send it off to a lab. So a week or two later, when the, the labs are done, calls me back in. He said, okay, 11 of the, of the biopsies are clean. In the 12th one, in less than 5% of the tissue, there are some precancerous cells. 
Um, so I said, so what does that mean? He says, well, technically you have prostate cancer. Um, okay. You know, it, it, I guess it wasn't a big shock knowing what my, uh, my father and my uncle had gone mm-hmm. through. So, you know, his advice was the only way you can treat prostate cancer is to remove the prostate or, or kill it with radiation. That's the only surefire way to treat prostate cancer. And I was like, yeah, okay, uh, let me think about it. So I went and got second, third, and fourth uh, um, opinions opinions, opinions from uh, another surgeon and some radiologists. And in the meantime, I'm, I do research on my own. You know, thank God for the internet. Mm-hmm. And I discovered two really interesting things. Um, there was this study done, I think it was in the 90s. And I don't know how they uh, managed this, but they basically did full body autopsies head to toe on something like 60,000 men and women, I think, um, that had died from causes other than disease. They died uh, in car accidents or industrial accidents or from violence or drug overdoses, things like this. and. What they found in this test was that basically every man, without exception, every man over the age of 40, if you look hard enough, you will find some prostate cancer. And they found that the older that the man was, the more of it you will find. So what I took from that is prostate cancer is a normal process of aging. And for most men, the vast majority of men, this these cancer cells grow very slowly, extremely slowly, and really may not ever become a problem until you're 80 or 90, where you're probably not going to do anything about it anyway. The, the surgery to deal with it would be more damaging and shorten your life more than just letting it run its course. Um, you know, the people that get real prostate cancer, they develop you know, uh, more active cells, like uh, the, the difference between type one cancer cells and type three cancer cells is how fast it grows and how invasive it is. Um, the other thing that I learned is, um, you know, I, uh, I looked uh, at a lot of the American Cancer Association and specifically for prostate cancer, they acknowledge that PSA tests are not that accurate. And that probably millions of men had had their prostates removed based solely on that number of the PSA, PSA test. And that was not good medicine. Um, and that people like me, where they had found this minute amount of these cells, um, probably didn't need to do anything. And they developed a system of what's called watchful waiting. And watchful waiting meant that you continue to be tested, you continue to to do the PSA tests, you continue to occasionally do the prostate biopsies. You you know the uh, and there now there are some other uh, diagnostic tools like they have. Um, there's there's an MRI scan now that while not perfect is pretty good and far less invasive than the uh, biopsies. Um, And so you just continue to do these tests. You continue to be seen by a doctor. And if no big changes are happening, you just continue to watch. And so that's what I've been doing for 
12 years now. Um, you know, I have a little bump on my prostate that the doctor can feel, um, but it hasn't changed in 12 years. Um, I've had three other rounds of biopsies um, where they've found nothing. Um, I have, I believe, some negative side effects from all those biopsies. Um, the doctors will tell you that, oh, no, that, that tissue will grow back. It'll heal. It's no problem. Uh, I don't think they're correct. I, I have some... Um, I have some side effects from it. Um, some of it would be mild forms of ED a little bit. Um, and now I have other problems with, um, urination. Um, you know, my part, my prostate is enlarged. And so my bladder doesn't empty all the way. And there's been tested. I, I tend to hold on to about hundred milliliters of, of urine all the time. That's um, a lot. Yeah. Um, and I took some medicine for that for a while. I took Flomax, which is mm -hmm. the most common drug for that, uh, which is supposed to shrink and, and relax the prostate a little bit. I took it for about five months and I really didn't see any changes. Um, I still, you know, still had the frequent urination. I still sometimes had to get up in the middle of the night. I still, you know, if I, if I have the urge to pee, I've got about five minutes, maybe 10 minutes do get that handled or I'm going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, you know, right now it's just something I'm sort of living with and I, there's, there, nobody's come up with any real solution to it. There is a surgery that's not removing the prostate. It's like, you know, you can increase the size of the urethra, but it's not a foolproof um, procedure and can in some cases make the condition worse and it's non-reversible. So I'm choosing not to do that. I'm choosing not to take medicines for it. Um, I take saw palmetto, you know, which is kind of a homeopathic uh, thing. And I've been doing that ever since day one. And maybe that's keeping my prostate at the size it is. I don't know. Um, I don't see any reason to stop that. Sure. sure. Um, so now let me get, so those, those are my two major medical things. And let me get back to keto and weight and stuff like that. So over this sort of 15 year period, you know, I slowly have just been gaining weight. Um, 10 years ago, when I met uh, my now current wife, my second wife, um, I was probably around 190 pounds, had big belly, had man boobs, things like that. My wife also uh, had, uh, was also in recovery. That's not how I met her, but she had also been in recovery for two or three years. I mean, she had also gained some weight. Um, she was a full-blown alcoholic. Um, so uh, shortly after we met, we started to cohabitate and we started to go on diets. We need to lose some weight. And, you know, we did, we did several of the low-carb diets, you know, Adkins, uh, Zone, South Beach diet, and we would lose about 12 pounds and then that's it. Just hit a wall mm -hmm. um, uh, until we kind of just basically gave up. Um, then came 2017 and 2018. These were difficult years. Um, my work was incredibly stressful and, uh, my mother, um, had become very ill. Um, and she actually, uh, passed away, uh, on Bastille day of this, uh, of last year, 2018. Um, I say that because she's French and she died on Bastille day. So everybody mourned by shooting off fireworks all over France <laughs> that night. Um, and, uh, so, uh, 
you know, we had to deal with her property and, mm. and things like that. And we, my wife and I both kind of ballooned up. Um, and so in this year, around my birthday in February, I hit my top weight ever, which was like 211 pounds. And so a few days after my birthday on March 3rd of this year, her and I started keto. Um, and initially, uh, you know, I set a reasonable goal. I said, you know, if, if I can get down to 185 pounds, that would be awesome. Um, which I reached pretty quickly. I, I reached that weight in three months. That was 25 pounds I lost in the first three months of keto, which is not, you know, uh, superlative, but it's pretty good. Um, and I was really happy oh. with it until I stood in front of the mirror. And, and saw it's like, wow, I still, I still have quite a belly and I still have these man boobs and, you know, maybe, maybe I should keep going. So I set a, a new goal of 160 pounds, uh, which I actually reached about 10, 11 days ago. Awesome. So the end of September, you know, if I look at the, the government numbers, uh, about how, how much I should weigh for my height, which I've lost about an, an, an inch of, of height. Uh, one because of age and one because of an ex surgery that I had. So now I'm like, I'm a little over five ten. You know, the government says I should be 155 pounds to be ideal, which I've always thought those numbers were kind of ridiculous. Um, so they are, <laughs> yeah. And so in my mind, I really don't want to lose any more weight. Um, so I'm now uh, consider myself on maintenance. Um, one thing is I track religiously for uh the first six months mm -hmm. of of keto and this past month and i went around labor day i went on a on a vacation by myself i went on a on a fly fishing trip for about five days by myself um and just stopped stopped logging my food and have not gotten back into the habit so i i've for the past month have not been logging at all uh, and managed to lose the about the six pounds to get to where I am now. Um, and since ten days ago, when I when I hit this weight, I'm staying right there, you know, give or take a pound here or there. Mm -hmm. um, because you know, I, I feel like after seven months, I know how to eat, um, and uh, I know when I'm full. Um, and so, uh, so now I'm 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 entering this new phase of maintenance. Um, and a new commitment to uh, to be more regular and committed uh, and work harder at the gym because mm -hmm. uh, it, it's you know now I'm back to 160 pounds which I haven't been since my 30s um, and I'm thin and I'm not as strong as I was at 190 pounds and I'm not as sturdy and I need to uh, I need to work on my weaknesses you know and I need to build some muscle under some of that, uh, stretch, uh, loose skin that I have in some places. Um, and in fact, I met with a trainer this morning, uh, which sadly didn't work out very well, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's other ways I can go about it. You know, there's you guys, there's the, the keto man's club, which is, you know, never short of advice when you ask for it. And, uh, there's the internet, you know, there's, 16 million exercise programs on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I'm sure I can find, you know, what I'm looking for, uh, there. Absolutely. Yep.
Yep. So um, let's rewind a little bit. Let's talk about your experience on keto versus your previous attempts. You you kind of alluded to it, but kind of talk to us a little bit about the actual experience of it. You, you, You said that you would stall out very quickly. You'd lose some water weight, that type of thing. Tell, were you, were you starving yourself? What what? Tell us more about kind of the experience and the contrast between that before and what you've experienced with keto. Right. Um, you know that I had never dieted in my life before I got together with with my current wife, and um, so that was that was a difficult process for me. Um, you know, first learning how not to eat some of these foods, which I loved, you know, bread and pasta and uh, sugar. Um, And I would find myself feeling hungry or feeling deprived. Um, I think I also did Weight Watchers or something close to Weight Watchers um, and where you're counting numbers. And um, I I found it difficult and I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, God, got to lose this weight. Um, and it just wasn't working it, it, and, and I wasn't feeling, I wasn't feeling good about it and I wasn't feeling good about myself and I was miserable, you know, doing it. Um, and that was, and I think the same for my wife. And, um, so when we finally had exhausted all these choices, that's, I think when our mindset kind of was in diets don't work, you know, let's exercise more. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. And it never really worked. Uh, one, because, you know, we gave ourselves permission to, to eat, you know, what we wanted a lot of times, so, you know, maybe during the week we would, we would try to eat small meals and salads a lot, but, you know, we'd go out on the weekend with friends and, you know, we were eating what we wanted to, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, the first place that I heard of keto was actually from my health plan. Um, when I got together with my wife and we, we bought a house together, um, uh, let me preface this is like, you know, I worked in the entertainment industry and I'm in a union and um, we used to have the world's best healthcare plan. You know, I, um, uh, everything was covered, a hundred percent covered. Maybe you paid $10 copay on a visit or something, but I had had many surgeries, like my heart, my stent and the angioplasty and all that hundred percent covered. Um but that started to wither away um, over the last decade. Um, and another choice that we have is Kaiser, Kaiser Permanente. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have that where you live. Um, it's, it's sort of a Western States type um, organization. Um, and so we joined Kaiser and Kaiser uh, is pretty good. It's, there's not, there's no hidden costs. You pay a copay for every visit. Um, and it's it's pretty good. Um, so after I you know saw my my first doctor visit there, uh, and they saw I weighed two hundred pounds, I was listed as obese. So I would get email newsletters all the time from Kaiser that mentioned keto. I had no idea what it was. Um, so this year, when uh, we decided we had to do something, my wife and I both. You know, I think my wife, she, she mentioned it to me. There's this keto thing and I've been researching it and our hospital backs it. And, uh, I think we should try it. And so we sat down and she told me what it was and was like, I get to eat steak, get to eat bacon. Um, I really, um, okay. I'm all for this. Um, 
And, you know, we downloaded it, you know, the card manager app and we went on our way. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, I'm not going to say I've never been hungry on the keto diet. You know, sometimes I've been hungry on purpose, you know, uh, like an intermittent fasting type thing. Um, and my big weakness is snacking after dinner. And I've kept up my snacking <laughs> doing keto, <laughs> uh, even even if it meant I went, you know, over my my uh, my fat numbers or my protein numbers or my calorie numbers, um, you know, not by a lot. I wouldn't I wouldn't go 300 over in my calories. But, you know, maybe I I I crossed over that limit um, and I was still very successful. You know, mm -hmm. uh, 50 pounds in seven months, I think is pretty good for someone of average size. Um, and so it's been easy. It's really been easy. You know, yes, you get really good at reading labels. You get really good at uh, recognizing which foods, you know, uh, have a hidden bomb in them, you know. But I'm also really lucky that my wife works from home. And so she makes these wonderful keto meals. And she occasionally makes these wonderful keto treats, you know, like the fat bombs or uh, some kind of dessert bar or cookies. You know, we don't have them in the house all the time, but we have them pretty often because I, I kind of want them. And uh, and it works, you know. Um, I lost weight a lot faster than my wife did, but she is now, she's really only a couple of pounds behind me. I think she's lost 47 pounds. Um, you know, uh, which is good. You know, women tend to lose weight slower mm -hmm. uh, in all diets, uh, including keto. Um, and, uh, so it's been good. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. It, it, it's really good that you got like a, I guess I'd say like a kind of a built in accountability partner. And yes. it, it came up in the group uh, a couple of times where, you know, a couple of guys actually quite recently had mentioned that, you know, they're keto and they're significant other whether it be wife or girlfriend or you know whatever are not in support of it and they're really struggling so just coming from that perspective um what what benefits would you say your wife has seen on the health side since you guys are both doing it at the same time and you know what what what, what has she seen what has she experienced that might help these guys out in the group that are like you know still arguing with their significant others about keto or else they're you know they're not quite on the bandwagon yet well, you know, her and I never argued about this. We both got on board at exactly the same time. But, um, you know, I think depending on what the significant other's health is, um, there's a lot of arguments for this, you know. The, I mean, the long list of ailments that just in our group that we have seen cured or made less is it's a long list. I mean, my personal list is, you know, I used to have um, really bad acid reflux and I, you know, I took a pill for that every day. Uh, about a month into keto, I stopped taking it just to see I don't have acid reflux anymore. Um, I had, you know, kind of uh, uh, allergies, you know, pollen allergies type things. And I would take, a, you know, a Claritin every day. I stopped taking those. I don't have these allergies anymore. Um, you know, a lot of aches and pains have gone away. Things that were caused by inflammation have gone away. For my wife, um, uh, my wife has been taking uh, anti-anxiety medicines for most of her life, since her teen years. Um, and as you know, they are a major roadblock to losing weight. 
you know, under any diet, Mm -hmm. um, including keto. And uh, so she, a few months before we went on keto, weaned herself off these anti-anxiety drugs. Um, And while she's not exactly the same person she was while she was on the medicines, she's not where she would have been without taking the meds on keto. If you know what I mean, she's her, her anxiety is pretty kept in check. She has episodes, you know, uh, but it's not as bad as it once was. Um, she also has managed to injure, uh, a tendon in her hip. Um, and the anti-inflammatory properties of keto is helping with that. She's probably going to have to have surgery on it at some point, but being on keto has postpone that. And she recently has decided to remove dairy completely from her diet uh, to help cut down the inflammation even more. Um, and to be truthful, we, we ate dairy on keto, but not like a crazy amount. I didn't eat cheese every day. I, uh, I gave up, you know, putting heavy whipping cream in my coffee months ago. Um, I'd rather eat food than drink it. Um, uh, what else has she had? Um, um, I don't know. The, the argument is there's so many health benefits besides weight. You know, there's so many benefits to this, to this way of eating, um, that I guess just needs to be communicated, you know, and still some people are just, they're not going to get on board. Um, I've been lucky. Um, I've not, anybody that I've talked to, to say that I've been doing keto, I've not gotten any sort of lip from anybody. Um, you know, people at work are supportive of it. Doesn't mean they don't bring donuts to work once in a while, but <laughs> you know, they, uh, you know, they've been really supportive. They've seen the change, you know, I'm thinner than they've ever known me. Um, I have more energy than they've ever seen, you know? So, um, that helps spread the word, you know? So, Tell me, Bernie, I'm curious, you know, talking about your addiction issues over the years and everything, has keto been a, has keto played a role in dealing with those at all? Um, I would say it probably has to, um, you know, one thing that, you know, especially since uh, my drug of choice is something that people consider a pretty benign drug, you know, marijuana, mm-hmm. and many people consider it non-addictive at all. Um, but it was for me. Um, you know, there's there's something that we talk about in recovery about uh re, um, you know, slipping. Um, I can't think of the word right now, but um, you know, getting getting back into using. And it's we call it it's like, you know, let's say You've been sober for quite a while and you're at a party or something and you're like, you know what? I'm not really sure if I was an addict or not. Maybe I just had a problem. I had bad willpower. You know, I'm going to have a little tonight, you know? And let's say you do. Let's say you, you take a couple of hits off a joint and um, you don't get obliterated and you go home and you're not looking, you're not looking to buy a bag the next day, right? Mm-hmm. Um so what we do is we call that let's now play out the tape. So what's what's the what's the ramifications of what you just did? What you're probably going to do is now you're going to say, "Look, I I did fine. I smoked some weed and uh and and it was no problem and I, and I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to go buy any. I could do this again. 
once in a while if I wanted to, you know, and so you do. Let's say you wait a couple of months and you do it again. It's like, wow, I, I really don't have a problem with this. Maybe I can have some in the house, you know, and you play that out. And how how far along until you're a daily all day smoker again or a daily all day drinker again or uh, whatever your whatever your addiction is. Um, and so I think I've used that same thing with keto. You know, when I see the donuts sitting here at work, you know, I've, I've been sober a long time. I'm fat. I mean, I've been fat adapted a long time. I'm sure I could eat a, a donut and not have it really affect me that bad. You know, I might, I might not feel well or, but you know, I'm going to burn that stuff up in a day and the next day I'm going to be in ketosis and it's not going to be a problem. But if I give myself permission that one time, how soon will I give myself permission again? And then how soon will I be giving myself a permission all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's the similarity and that's the, you know, the training of, of being, you know, that the 12 steps do in being honest with yourself and being accountable to someone who, first of all, you got to be accountable to yourself most of all. Um, not everybody has people that they are accountable to, um, you know, and you just have to say, is it worth it? Is, is eating this donut, is eating this burger, um, worth the risk? Is it, is it worth rolling the dice? Am I strong enough? And even if you don't know, why risk it? Um, because, you know, I know for me getting sober changed my life in so many ways. Uh, you know, career wise, uh, relationship wise, um, learning about myself wise, uh, it, it was monumental. Um, and so I try to, I try to approach it in the same way. Why, why, um, sabotage this thing that is working so well, you know, um, and my plan is to stay with keto. Uh, you know, it's not like I've reached my goal, but I'm not done with this way of eating. Um, it's, you know, the, the evidence is out. It's, this is a good way to eat. This is a good way to be. Um, and I'm not going to, uh, ruin it, uh, or sabotage it lightly. I think that's a a good way to think about it. Um, one second. I'm going to throw one more question here. Is that okay, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I didn't know if you were pausing or anything. So, so another thing I want to ask Bernie, because um, you, you mentioned it earlier that you're 60 years old. So, you know, a lot of the group is a little bit younger than you. Nothing wrong with that or anything like that. But if you with all of the things that you've talked about in, in the show this week, are there things that you haven't mentioned about keto and your being of in the 60 year age range? Are there things that you didn't expect keto would do that it did? Or are there things that you were hoping that it would do that it did not? I'm just kind of curious, um, if, since you got a little bit more gray in your hair, if what your yeah. thoughts are on that. Um, well, the one thing that I didn't expect, um, at about four months keto, I had like a full blood panel done. And my cholesterol came down, came down mm-hmm. way down. You know, I've been taking uh, I've been taking a statin drug for ever since I I had this heart attack um, because my cholesterol was high uh, by the standards that they used to set and even and with the way I ate pre keto you know the the statins were keeping it in check 
Um, but I was still over 200. I was, you know, anywhere, you know, 210, 220, something like that. Um, you know, uh, I'd have to look up what my last numbers were, but I think, I think they were in the eighties, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was like, you know, wow. a, a good number. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I will be seeing my cardiologist again in January sometime. And I'm going to seriously talk to him about, I think I should stop taking the statins. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I have any kind of side effects from them. I, I don't have any of the, the listed side effects. Um, but just why should I take a, a medicine that I don't need to? Um, the other thing was that, um, you know, my testosterone levels, um, have been kind of low. Um, not, not, uh, not below low, but right at low. <laughs> um, and, you know, I attribute that to, that I, you know, probably have 10% less prostate mm-hmm. organ uh, flesh than I did, you know, before I had started having all these tests. Um, and my, my total testosterone number, testosterone number, uh, the calculated number, whatever, has gone up and is now sort of very middle of the road. Um, wow. Yeah. In my test, my free testosterone was pretty low, um, like right at the bottom. Um, and that was only one test. So I don't have a trend to look at. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm on TRT. So I, I, I can totally understand. That yeah. You side and I uh, messengered yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah. That's um, right. That's right. And, and here's the thing, you know, I talked to my urologist about, about TRT and he's like, no, you have prostate cancer. You are not a candidate. And he just says it flat out. Um, which I've mentioned in the group and some guys have argued like that's old thinking, the new research shows, but yeah, there's, you know, I'm, there's a lot of pseudoscience and old science that is surrounding the, um, the TRT thing. I'm not by any means an expert. I, I just administer it for myself and I know what my tests are. And I do know that they do take, they take keen interest in things like my PSA. And I get lovely um, physical inspections of, of, of parts of my body that normally wouldn't be otherwise inspected. Uh, I, I, I have I, a I have advice for everybody listening about this. Mm-hmm. Find an Asian urologist. That's Small all I'm going to say. Small hands, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if that goes in the show notes or not, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> it, come on, it's not racist. It's just, it's just it's just we all just kind of pause, you know? like, wait, did he say that? <laughs> I did. I did. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, you know, I've I've had the the physical examinations and things like that, checking the prostate and. In all honesty, they weren't really a big deal. You just have to kind of yeah. let it happen, and it's okay. Um, breathe. But that that said, yeah, breathe, just breathe. Um, but that being said, it really was not. Uh, it, it's been really, you know, there's a lot of of old science surrounding that, so it's really important to definitely get somebody who advocates for TRT for those who have low and low, low testosterone levels, and also testosterone replacement is not. The only the only way there is um, a, a guy who's a coach and I'm totally blanking on his name, uh, John Shane. Um, he's a, a keto coach with the uh, with the uh, keto savage folks and 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 all of that. And and he uh, 
he has done his own testosterone boosting regiment based on blood work. He is taking a regiment of herbs and, and specific vitamins that are, are, are proven to uh, increase or improve certain aspects of the testosterone thing to either limit mm. the, the estrogens or increase the uh, the testosterone part of the reason that you're seeing better results at higher levels is that not as much of the testosterone in your system is getting converted to estrogen because your fat your body fat stores is less and the, right. that, the, there's a direct result or a d- direct correlation between lowering your fat body or your body fat percentage and uh lower uh or conversion of the um, of 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 testosterone into estrogen um, that rumin, uh, rum, ruminization I believe is what it's called um, so yeah that that's that's probably what's happening and and as you continue to stay stay keto and that body fat percentage drops and your muscle goes up you will probably see even higher total numbers at least um, and you'll be able to track a trend and and things like that and if you feel better that that's great without you know the shots. Um, I was very much very low t- testosterone and I was still very much overweight at the time. So uh, whenever I started two and a half years ago, I, I needed it. And uh, it, it's been uh, instrumental in helping me continue to feel good during this time. Uh, so, yeah, that's been my experience with it. And so you may not need it, but it is one of those things that it's. Yeah, it's there. I mean, it, it also has, uh, you know, your testosterone level also uh, affects muscle building. Mm-hmm. You know, how, yes. how effective it is, you, you know, um, I may have to work a little harder to, mm-hmm. t- to build muscle in, in general. Um, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, any, any last questions, gentlemen, I, I think we, we've kept burning on long enough at this point that we had to do two files and everything. <laughs> no, I, thank you for, uh, for, for, uh, getting a hold of us and, you know, reaching out and saying you want to tell your story and you have. A lot of life experience, and you shared a lot of. I'm just going to call them nuggets that uh, I took down a bunch of notes, and it, it was good stuff, man. I really appreciate you reaching out and taking time. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you very much, and and I was really surprised that I I got a response as quick as I did. Um, you know, I really, <laughs> I really, I really thought, oh, they've got a lot of guys lined up. You know, maybe maybe you'll have to do this in a month. Um, literally, remember the VIP there, treatment. I, man. I, I'm I'm doing this uh, exactly. I think. Four days or five days from when I sent the email or sent the uh, the messenger. Yeah, Something it like wasn't. That. Yeah, it wasn't long. I was I was at my computer at the time and it popped up for me, and so I, I responded rather quickly. Um, yeah, and we we uh, we we are backfilled for the actual recording, so this won't be out for a few weeks, uh, yeah, more than likely. But um, but as far as week to week, we're we're almost week to week for. Uh, who we're going to have on this week. Uh, so you, yeah, you message at just the right time. So thank you so much for reaching out. That was, uh, that was great. And it was excellent to hear you, your story, get to share that. I think it did. It, it brought something that we haven't had yet, which is the, the experiences that you've had both with addiction and with um, your, the health struggles that you've had beyond weight. I, I think those are important to, to learn about. So thank you for sharing. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I really look forward to meeting all you guys at KetoCon this year. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, it'll it's going to be, be awesome. I, I yeah, bought my tickets. But I was going to say, I, I think I'm out of the big house idea. I think I'm going to get my own hotel room because I'm old <laughs> and I'm grumpy. And, you know, you I don't Jim, want you guys walking you, you on and, my lawn. You and Jim need to, to, to get get some, something with two bedrooms so you can both have your own bedroom. But yeah, that, that, that will work. <laughs> 
Maybe yeah. there's some sort of dormitory thing where we all are in the same building, but our own behind locks. Who knows? Who knows? It'll <laughs> no, all you know, I don't want to hear Alberto running up and down the halls screaming. It's like, <laughs> ah, I had a rain. I, I, I drank a bang drink and I can't go to sleep. <laughs> you, uh, you are severely overestimating my energy level. After <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very low energy after a day on the com in the on the conference floor actually yeah. because I, I've I've been socially engaging so much that my my brain it's starting to wear out by by the towards the end of the day. Okay, uh, Jim, any parting shots about the uh, the group or anything? I know we're coming up on a, another big milestone. We are. We're um, we're just a hair shy of uh, twenty nine hundred members, which means uh, three thousand is right around the corner. I am confident we will hit that by the end of the year, no problem. Um, so again, uh, kudos to everybody who has uh, been checking out the group and expressed interest. We started a uh, keto uh, the Keto Man's Club podcast uh, page on Facebook as well. So we've been posting up our shows there, and you can follow that. A little bit more easy to share uh, for those who are not in the group. Um, so you can mm-hmm. check those out and um my mama yeah. follows it well then there you go if, if mama berto loves it then it's all good it's all good yeah she, she, every episode she shares she shares every episode to her personal her personal awesome. wall. i think i think really? it's adorable. <laughs> yeah she does she, she hasn't missed an episode yeah she'll call me and tell me <laughs> well that's really cool um and and yeah it's growing by leaps and bounds we're getting uh, a good mix of members both new and old and uh i'm i'm loving what i'm seeing we 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 get some quote beginner questions every now and again, and people aren't responding in a way that that would be negative. They're they're jumping right in, giving their their point of view, trying to give good advice, and uh, uh, that that's a, a really really good thing um, in my perspective. So um, for those that are listening, uh, if you get the chance to, please go ahead and uh, jump out, uh, jump on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever the pod- podcast platform that you're on and give us a rating uh leave a comment if you have a few moments um that just helps the engine do its thing and gets the word out about us because we really do want to um make an impact as best as we can in the lives of men and uh, and using keto and get these stories these amazing stories out to to folks um let's go around the circle for socials um you can reach any of us on the Keto Man's Club uh, Facebook group. So that's number one. You can reach reach us on the Facebook group, tag us, mention us, um, whatever you got to do. We, we, we'll we be there eventually. Um, Jim's not not quite so Johnny on the spot whenever work email or work internet is blocking everything. But um, he, he'll get to you in the evening and whatnot. Um, I promise I will. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's start with Bernie. Bernie, how can people reach you other than the Facebook group? Um, you know, I really, I have an Instagram account, but it, it is 0% keto. I'm kind of a, an amateur photographer, so it's just my photography. But if you want to look at it, it's, uh, Bernie underscore rotten, R-O-T-T-E-N, um, which my son gave me that name and I wear it proudly. Um, it, it flows, it flows well. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was, this was after I, I schooled him quite a bit on the, uh, the, uh, various varieties of punk rock as he was becoming, uh, a, a young adult. Um, and so he, he actually mailed me something and he addressed it to Bernie Rotten. And I love that. Um, and that's basically the only way I'm not giving out my real email address online. Yeah. I appreciate no that. No fan mail. <laughs> 
for sure. From the flounder, maybe. <laughs> oh, that's that's too old for you guys. You guys don't know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> Jim, how about you? Uh, my Instagram is Jim Inman Jr. Jim Inman Jr. And um, as Chris mentioned a couple minutes ago, just tag me in the uh, in the Facebook group and uh, let me know if you've got any questions. Um, I'll throw out real quick. I've I've discovered that Facebook has the the hidden inbox for messaging that if you're not connected, it puts them in the other folder. So if I've missed anybody, I apologize. I don't check that every afternoon or anything. So uh, tag tag me in the group, tag Alberto or Chris as well. And uh, that's a guaranteed way we'll see it as quickly as we can. Oh, can, can I add one thing uh, before, uh, sure. before you let me go? Um, you know, you guys, you have this mentors program that you've set up. Um, I've listed myself as a mentor. Um, if if anybody listening has heard something that they like and, and is looking for, you know, a mentor or an, an accountability partner or something like that, please, please feel free to contact me. Um, uh, I will be there for you. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Berto, how about you? Uh, for most of my keto stuff, including uh, what what is turning out to be uh, my my a quick snapshot of my daily ridiculous macros, uh, you will find all those <laughs> at at the Keto Cholo, and then my uh, automotive shenanigans are a capital underscore oh, painter. Yep, absolutely. Okay, great. Well, people know me, but uh, you can reach me at at Duckman Keto or Duckman Twelve Twenty One on Instagram uh, or in the Facebook group. I'm pretty much everywhere, um, and uh, usually have enough screens up in front of me. I will see the notification rather quickly, uh, so <laughs> uh, I, I I will be happy to do uh, anything I can to help. If you have a question or concern, uh, reach out with any comments. We want to hear from you. Um, you can email us that. Uh, that would be uh, Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to connect, get, want to get links to the Facebook group, uh, the Facebook page, the podcast, our socials, pretty much everything, you can go to theketomansclub.com and you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to use that to link to everything else. So it, it's it's right there for you and easy to access, which is great. So, uh, one final call. Parting shots, anybody? Glad to be back and healthy yes, and glad, eating again. Glad. Healthy and eating again is a good thing. And, and watch how you uh, press down on that uh, gas pedal there, Alberto. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm good and salted up now. I had that problem for a while. <laughs> well, I guess that's it for this week. Until next week, eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.